Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Fire Team Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining me on the show today is CJ Gibson. What's up? Sean Finnegan. I'm already angry. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of banter before good the show. show. And Stephen Rue. It's going to be a good show. This is a, a, sh- a different type of episode this week because we're taking a bunch of community questions and reading them. We didn't get a chance to get to them all last week, so it's going to be all you and driving the content of this episode. Thanks for submitting them. Don't forget, you can watch first on IGN at 5 p.m. on Friday, and then one day later... (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) And then one day later... A little bit more headroom is all. Oh. (laughs) And then one day... (laughs) Here <laughs> on YouTube.com slash Fireteam Chat. Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. This is what Off it's like when you do a show with, with producers. producers. Mm, I was like, I why can't. are you – am I slouching on one side? I can't what believe you happening? didn't immediately notice yeah, that. you're just going to, like, sneak down. I, I honestly was just looking at the number and thinking about all the call-outs I had to do. <laughs> oh, so all right. Good. So we're going to get right into the questioning, everybody. Thank yeah. you for submitting your questions and responding and being supportive. First, I'm going to give some shout-outs. To seize noodle because CJ wrote that one down. That's right, bones of Ao, bring them back. Absolutely, and totally then, agree. Uh, some regular uh, supporters and commenters were really nice to us. Uh, Lick nails forty seven, sweet caramel seventy seven, mitzman nineteen. Can I give a shout out? KW found. Listen, so. I always speak, but when he does, he makes a lot of sense. That's, That's oh me, even yeah, yeah. Thank you, whoever that was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Steve gave us a thank you, Steve. And, that's that's his name on here. All right. Yeah. Steve. Steve, I want to give some nice. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the comments like week after week uh, that I see. And it is cool. I mean, some of them have criticisms, which are fair. But then there's a bunch of other people who are engaged in cool discussion, which for the most part, we even try to take those and incorporate them into the show. So even if we don't give direct shout outs, uh, I do appreciate the conversation online. Yeah. Steven, who do you want to give a shout, shout out? out to Blue Lopez 50? Oh, uh, there you go. Lopez yeah. watches every episode and then critiques me after. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we are thankful for you guys. Let's read yeah. your questions. Mike, how's the community health? He said, uh, comment on the current health of Destiny 2 community slash player base. I think it's good. I think there's a lot of positive vibes going on right now. I think people are looking for the next thing to do. What about you, Siege? Yeah, I think, I mean, Black Armory is kind of on the forefront of everybody's mind. I will say that it's weird. Like, with that Destiny 3 rumor coming out, I feel like it derailed a little bit of the conversation the last couple weeks. I'm seeing that, too, in in the comments. Not because it's bad, but mostly just because it's so far away. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm excited to probably get some details next week about what Black Armory is and, uh, yeah, hopefully get some good content coming up in the next few weeks. Black Armory is far away? Isn't it like two weeks away? 
No, I said it's not far away. Yeah, I said Destiny 3 is far away. And when when those rumors kind of like swirled around, it became, yeah, I think a conversation that detracted a little bit from like what people were doing in the actual game. But it's fair. I mean, like uh, Anon the Nine, who everybody's still saying, oh, he's been right X amount of times. That's fair. Still got to say it's a rumor, but yeah, I know. But it is. But (laughs) it's it's Steven. (laughs) Yeah. Where I mean, it's been an interesting thing to discuss Destiny 3 this far out. What do you think? How's the community health? Uh, I think it's in a really good spot, or it's the best spot it's been in since Destiny 2's launch, right? People are feeling good. Yeah, yeah. generally, like, you jump into the Reddit, like, the subreddit, and there's it's not entirely negative threads. You know you're getting old when you call it the Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> on the Reddit. The internet. Yeah. I was guys, on the Reddit Did the you guys see that the Destiny Reddit hit 777,000? Wow. Nice. Wow. The community over there. Redditors. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you jump in there, and that's traditionally a place where kind of... Maybe some of the worst the criticism test. can kind of get. It's hit or miss for sure. Yeah. But lately, it's been a lot of positivity in the threads, and I think there's a lot of people out there who recognize that Bungie's done a really good job of listening to the community and really shifting where people's heads are at in the current game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's that combined with the fact that Black Armory is not far away, so yeah. we don't have – it's not like, oh, it's in a good state, but we also have six more months to go. Right. It's not like that anymore. There's there's positivity and optimism in the community that I had uh, – that I haven't seen in a while. Me too. Yeah. What about you, Steve? I nailed it on the head. I think the people who are playing the game are very happy with how it is right now. Um, but I think maybe the stigma of Destiny 2, I think, is still not too healthy. Yeah. But yeah. I think but not the game itself, the community. Yeah, the health. game itself. Yeah. The community healthy, I think it's pretty healthy. Um, I think people are kind of like taking a wait and see approach because forsaken knocked it out of the park but are we going to go back to like a smaller dlc that's not very good like curse of osiris yeah. or warm yeah. my, my idea we have 50 questions yeah. to get through so my yeah. idea was to kind of do these rapid, rapid fire, fire. But if, right. if you guys really want to elaborate on this one which was a softball just for a second <laughs> only to say yeah. that um it's interesting looking back at the release cadence of like destiny one and after taken king really there was kind of a lull for a long time until rise of iron like do you guys think that that will happen happen this time around too like we know that there's going to be dlcs but really don't know how big they are and last time after taking king really what was there was almost- I, we have no idea what black armory is so that's yeah. a difficult question to answer when we yeah. have no context no teaser no idea what to expect yeah but tied to yeah. this which i think was interesting you addressed this on a previous show in that you know the earnings call with destiny not being as commercially successful as they would have mm-hmm. liked mm-hmm. um I think that that's actually a really interesting point, which is like, do you ever, with Destiny as a franchise, like forgetting that Destiny is in a really good spot right now or that it in prior times it's been in not so great spots, do you ever really get away from this idea that like on a level, on some level, Destiny's kind of as a franchise, like poisoned by things that have happened in the past? Like, do, do you ever re-engage like what the devs were saying or the, uh, the publisher, publisher was saying about re-engaging that core audience again? Or is there always going to be this, like, wait and see because it might get worse? Well, that's that's a good lead into Ken Ornsby's question who says, how do you bring back casual pals, Destiny 3? A question and suggestion maybe, how does Bungie bring back casual players back into Destiny 2? How should they approach the casual player for Destiny 3? I'm a casual player, still play, and would love FTC to bring someone on. Oh, my gosh, this is going to be a really unpopular answer for me. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Do it. Go ahead. I don't think you do. You don't, I don't appeal think, to the casual? If I'm a developer and I'm making a game, I don't want a casual fan. <laughs> I, well, oh, this, you're like, saying, you're saying they said, shouldn't bring back casual. I'm not, I'm not I'm saying, saying they can't. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Is like if you are a fan of Destiny and you want to play it casually, that's fine. We welcome all the players. I think we should welcome everyone who wants to play the game. But I think there's a dis- dissonance when a large number of casual people play the game, and sh- because their opinions and uh, perspectives on the thing matter just as much as other people's, and they do, that that negatively shifts what developers are listening to in the community, mm-hmm. right? right? We saw this with the beginning of Destiny 2, which was it was a game that was a little bit more balanced towards a casual fan base. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the long-term legs of the game and the most hardcore players and the champs of the game like burned out really easily because there was nothing to do, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That level of accessibility, the more accessible something is, the less detailed and competitive and hardcore it gets. And I think personally, my personal opinion is that Destiny shouldn't be that type of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's struggling with those even from a PvE. I'm just watching Steven oh, shake. So cold. So right cold. I you guys always get on my case. <laughs> right there is the coldest I'm spot. It's really like the cold. AC, yeah. like it's right under the AC. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Why do you think I'm really scared at this question? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it's interesting. And to to further on that, I, I mean, just reading even in the comments, like we've always said, even in the last few shows, that the balance of PvP and PVE and going back and forth between the two is some of Destiny's magic sauce. Like get what you want to get in the game through PvE and bring it into PvP. But a lot of people have commented that they do think that that's a problem. And so do you guys think that maybe they should find a way to have it separate in that there's still a Destiny game, you you get all your stuff for PvE, but then maybe there's a certain set of weapons that are exclusive for PvP and there's no back back and forth. But, I mean, it does raise a big question because you're right. I think you want to cater to both and it's hard to do Are you trying to bring up your separate PvP and PvE question No, no, the number one post by – I wanted to bring my laptop was somebody said that and it has like 50 likes because – People, I think, are tired of, of – PvE guys, I think, are tired of, oh, the balance of PvP affects the game negatively. Mm-hmm. Like That's how they feel. So I'm not saying I would like that. I'm just saying what's the solution? I also don't know that that's quite a valid argument, right? Well, for me to answer Ken here, Ken Ken asked why, why we don't bring somebody casual and that viewpoint on the show – it's because those people stop playing fairly quickly. They'll play for about a week and then they yes. bounce off, at least in the IGN office. Yeah. They'll play through basically the campaign story and they'll come on. And we have brought them on other products that we've done. Overwatch HQ is a good example. We would bring on a casual player and the conversation that week is about something granular. Yeah. Or at least that's what the community is discussing and they have no input and they have no input because they're done playing the game for that period of time. Yeah. It makes it really difficult to produce a weekly show talking about it gets topics. it gets it gets a yeah. little into the weeds, but like I think Phil Philosophically, most people on this show would agree that like more experience, greater perspective uh, tends to make for better content. Yeah. That doesn't mean that a casual player's opinion is any less important. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of like if you want to make the best show possible, I don't know. Generally, you want people who have very strong opinions, who have played a lot and who kind of know a lot about it because otherwise – that's what better informs an opinion. Otherwise, we'd still be talking about shaders. Like, what, what would the yeah. what would the oh, conversation point be shaders. with <laughs> somebody at lunch? Like the shader controversy that's really not really heard about anymore. Well, Stephen even wants to talk about the current implementation of shaders because he re- he made a good point. There's only 50 slots right now, so tell people yeah. why that's a problem I mean, for you. This is way off what we're the topic here but True. there's 50 shader slots and there's like 150 shaders <laughs> I, want, <laughs> yeah. I want to shade everything yeah and i can't without 
having to freaking pull things out of the vault over and over again. It's just super inefficient, very frustrating. And then the UI crashes, and then you have to restart. It just the shader sweet. system is bad. Bring back the old shader system. It was so good. No, you you just, just give go me more slots so I can just tab through and cycle through. Oh, like, yeah, I like the, that share. I like the that old share. system was better. I don't know what they were thinking with this well, model. Well, they were thinking individual implementation per armor because I will say that sometime with the old system, it's like you were chatter white and then everything was white. So I appreciate the customization of being able to shade like, you know, legs, chest, armor capes or, you know, like armor gear I like, separately. I have 256 and, Aurora Teals. What but, am I going to do with that? But weapons as well. You can shade weapons now too. And I really appreciate that. I shade all the weapons. You couldn't do that in Destiny 1. I think what um, Destiny's saying is he doesn't like how it's a consumable. And that's fair. Correct. I, yeah. I, I don't like how it's consumable. I do like I this either. system though. Yeah. But we need more slots. slots for let's, let's go to another wait, question. Wait, sorry. I do want to answer the question. Though. Yeah. We didn't can I really answer the question yeah. too. Well, I answer uh, part of it. I have one. So yeah. one thing to answer Kendall's question about what could what could Destiny Three do to engage the casual fan base again? One thing that I actually think would do this is a big linear story driven single player campaign like Halo. Do you think they tried that with D 2s launch? Uh, no. I don't think Destiny as a whole. One or two has gotten to the same level that old school Bungie would have with the Halos, or even taking it outside of the context of Destiny. Like, you want, I think, what casual gamers want to see is huge AAA blockbuster like experiences, the way Spider Man or God of War is, like a single player experience that you don't need anyone else to enjoy. You jump in, it's like 20 hours, and it's amazing, and then. Either you're continuing on with it or not. I, that I didn't, would engage. I didn't realize how important that was to me until yeah. I played Fallout 76, and it's just devoid of a good yeah, core I mean, narrative. Just look at – I mean I don't think the sales – I think the sales numbers speak for themselves. Sure, it's Spider-Man. Sure, it's God of War, like kind of tentpole IPs. But like look at look at Hollywood as just like a business. Like what do most people go see, whether they're fans of movies or hardcore movie snobs or not? Like they'll go see the Marvel movies. They'll go see Venom, like those big popcorn flicks that you go there just to escape for a little bit and enjoy for a little bit. Like that seems to be a huge hit amongst regular casual people. So I think they have the same narrative, right? Yeah, I think it's the same in games. I I feel like Destiny 2 launch, though, was kind of that. I know you're saying you don't feel like that hit it on the head but with call of duty now and the the approach that they've made to black ops 4 and taking the campaign out completely i don't think bungie may ever head down that path again i, I think that that is probably way well, too expensive yeah. right so i mean like mm-hmm. if you don't think that it was that like what did you like what would you want then because i feel like they well, they probably in their minds if i was to talk to them i feel like they're like oh hey we did that and that wasn't enough where you guys played through that once and that was it. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get too into the weeds about what makes for a great campaign, but just like – Oh, so it's the quality. You think that just – that well, wasn't we talk, well received. Yeah, like I when, – when you – if someone were to tell it, me that Destiny's 2's yeah, yeah. initial campaign is on the same level or scale or scope or storytelling as like a Halo 3 – uh, or Breach or any of the other Halo games, like I would disagree. Like, I, I don't think it is that. I replayed Reach and it actually has a pretty good story, even though it breaks the lore according right, to the community. Right. But I was like, wow, like this is Bungie. This is the last Halo game Bungie yeah. worked on, and they did a pretty killer job. I just don't know that Destiny's ever gotten there. And you have a really good point. It may, it that's probably just not part of their design philosophy for the game. Like from the get go, we know that this was a game to design designed not to be a linear experience for players. Right. So they, they could do anything in any order they want. And maybe that is negatively impacted the ability to do a campaign like that. But just as a thought, like maybe I'm a little old school, but I do think something like that might engage casual fans. 
Yeah. What about you, Steven? I think, is I that think there's three super thing. important uh, pillars that they need to knock for Destiny 3. It needs to have a kick-ass campaign. I do agree with Sean. It It is... I think you do need a really good narrative linear campaign. Um, I think when you're marketing Destiny 3 or when you're advertising it, there should be nothing that makes a consumer think, oh, there's two more DLCs coming out after the initial release and I need to play those or I don't get the full experience. I think that that mindset really turns people off. And I, and I know for, from friends that I went to like high school and college with that want to get into Destiny, they're like, dude, I don't want to pay for those other DLCs. And like, so they just don't play. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is, if you think about it, if you think, if you put yourself in someone's shoe that doesn't play Destiny and you think about the infusion system and what mm-hmm. you need to do to progress and stuff like that, it's very convoluted. And they've done a good job of like streamlining and narrowing it, but it's still very confusing. And I think that if, if you make the progression system make sense and easy to understand, but you make the progression itself grindy and hardcore, I think that's how you get people addicted to that grind, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. e- it's makes sense what you have to do. But to do it, it's hardcore. Mm-hmm. And I think so, that's what they need to nail. B- building upon your point there, we have a lot of questions about Destiny as a whole surviving against games like Anthem coming along. We have one here from Marion Jackson <laughs> that asks, can Destiny survive in the competitive slash survival shooter market? And Hendrix Live says, what kind of effect will Anthem have on Destiny 2? And I think this is really, really interesting to bring up when... You have a company like BioWare, known for their narrative storytelling. But EA. They're they're published by EA. Yeah. BioWare is independent. But EA has its own reputation as well. Correct. Exactly. With Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. I'm aware. Uh, but just their, their ability <laughs> the to. I'm aware of all time. <laughs> well, it's like you guys are telling me. I'm like, yeah. No, I know. But I'm just saying, like, I appreciate yeah. what you're saying about BioWare, but. People, I think, see the publisher in that context. Of course, sometimes. but this isn't a question about uh, the reputation of EA or or Bioware with Andromeda. We could get into, and right. my face feels tired. So the question is: question? Yeah. the question is twofold. It's about Destiny's ability to survive with a lot of competition on the horizon, yeah. like Anthem, which is leaning right into the Destiny player base. Sci-fi, I... space shooter, PVE focus. There yeah. will be a little bit of. Uh, Cooperative ex- experience like Monster Hunter. Though. And you shook your head. Why were you shaking your head? Oh, because I don't think it's really a threat at all. Yeah, okay. you don't think yeah, Anthony I don't is? think so. Yeah. I like, don't think, I think so either. I think but. Destiny is uh, prominent and widespread enough to not really be threatened by yeah. other games that are of similar stature. Like, you might – you when when Anthem launches, you might see a slight dip. But I think people who are playing Destiny and who love it will be playing Destiny and will continue to love it. Yeah. Because we've – honestly, again, we've been through really, really hard points in Destiny where there's yeah. nothing to do and nothing is fun. I mean I'm being a little dramatic, but we were, we all remember, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and the numbers didn't really dip in those. And I don't know that another <laughs> yeah. another game in the, in the market is going to really tank the numbers as much as people are thinking. I was more worried before I saw what happened with Monster Hunter. I was like, I'm going to check in with you guys in three months. And somebody retweeted me at that three-month mark. They're like, so how many people are still playing Monster Hunter? Basically, nobody was yeah. playing Monster Hunter because they were all back for Forsaken. And that's what happens. There's like these content spikes. And that's kind yeah, of like what Bungie expects. Yeah. yeah, it's an ebb and a flow of the industry. But like once once something becomes sustainably big enough, I don't really think you see – like things just don't die off once they're that big, right? Yeah. Like no. they'll wax and wane a little bit, but 
And Destiny, It'll be here to stay. And Destiny is comfort food and going back to the campaign thing. I think I kind of agree with what you're saying to bring the casual in, and that's where I think Anthem has challenges too. Any game coming out competing mm-hmm. with Destiny because it's been around for so long, and they do have the legacy and the feel that is Halo still kind of embedded into the actual game mechanics. That's something that you – like I don't think many studios are able to actually replicate in the same way that Bungie does. So have you guys – You guys, how, have you all played Anthem, right? Uh, yeah, I got yeah, a chance so to play it. Yeah, so I played Anthem mm-hmm. at E3. Like, trust mm-hmm. me, it's not really going to be a threat to Destiny. So here's the thing. I, I will say that I was surprised. It's a different game. It's a different game. Yeah. I, I will I'm sa- say it felt Sorry, good, I, I have to clarify before someone gets on me about this. I'm not saying it's not a threat because it's not good. Yeah. I'm saying it's, it's, it's not a, a threat game. because it's a different game. Well, it's, it's a third-person game. game. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, it's it's a different totally type of game. But it feels good. Like, I think it felt a lot better than I expected. Like when you really good. When you see gameplay of it, I think your brain is like, ooh, I don't know. But when you play it, it feels good. But it's third person game so that right off the bat changes how the game feels and what your interpretation is of it um but i've heard rumors that destiny was almost third person yeah i can't remember i've heard something like that as well Mm -hmm. too and it's weird to see so many of the mechanics in destiny that are third person i was gonna say like i would buy that considering that every time you go third person in combat you're like this is awesome like anytime you pick up a sword you're like this is awesome yeah Yeah. and they do that kind of stuff (laughs) so i I mean and the question of yeah pvp and the longevity and the, the replay value those are things that I think are, yeah, they're hard to quantify. I understand why the PvP audience doesn't like them, but it does add replay value to it. I have a small thing to add. I want to hear your opinion, Stephen. But sure. but all I'll really say about Anthem is it is going to open people's eyes as to what Destiny does poorly and could do better. Like character customization is huge in Anthem, and Destiny needs to improve that. Monster Hunter did same the same thing. Yeah. Like – it, it's a different game. It doesn't really compete, but it does show you things that After, Destiny yeah. does not so well. Or could do better, yeah. Yeah, and I think – so I agree with everything you guys just said. I think there's two types of fans slash players with Destiny. You have the shooter-looter fans that really like shooting and looting and that aspect, but then they're not really devoted into the world of Destiny. And when games like Anthem come out and they hit – they hit um, game mechanics that are better than Destiny. They might fall off into Anthem. Mm-hmm. But I think the players who actually love <laughs> yeah. Destiny, like the lore, the world, the players, like the Cosmodrome and like the planets themselves, I think those are the players that will always stick with Destiny. Uh, and yeah. the best comparison I can think of is like I'm a PUBG fan and a Call of Duty fan. I'm not invested into one or the other. I'm just going to play what feels better. Right. And I feel like there are players like I'm an Anthem fan and a Destiny fan. I'm not invested into the world of either, but Anthem or Destiny feels better to me. So I'm just going to play that one. And I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. And I, mm-hmm. and I think other players who just are in love with Destiny, like CJ, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fair. They're going to stay Comfort with, food. they're going to stay with Destiny because of their, because of their knowledge and their investment loyal. into yeah. the world. It also, let's be food, real. Man. Like, it is comfortable. When you get older, it's hard to pick up new skills. I mean, Sean's just calling <laughs> me old right there. I want you to play my son in Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, personally, good. like, I it love, is true, like, though. It is I love Destiny. I love the world of Destiny. Like, when people think of Destiny, they think of, like, the negative parts, they think of, like, microtransactions and things like that. But if you think about it, like, Vault of Glass, like all that lore that like sticks with you and that's what you're a fan of. And that's the thing. And again, we look at the comments and these are mostly probably the people I feel like I've seen week to week that are engaged with Fireteam Chat. There's a lot of people who just like to rip on Destiny. And, and I, me. It, well, <laughs> well, all of us to a certain extent. Some of them are here on this very show. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but no, I mean the thing is I think there's a lot of people who it's fun to do that. 
And that's fair, right? I mean, the, the, the world the, the world has the that. Like yeah. Twitter and Facebook and YouTube are a platform. Sometimes for t- juvenile and the worst parts of us come out. But the reality is I don't know how many of these people are actually playing Destiny. They're watching our show just because they want to maybe rip on Destiny or are they playing they want, the game. I don't I know. Think a lot of people yeah. watch the show to wait and see when the game is going to be good yeah. again. Here's another, yeah. here's another one from Sean McConnell, and I think it's sort of interesting. Uh, can the game continue at 30 FPS? He basically says, no. uh, does he think the franchise <laughs> no. D3 can survive at 30 FPS? That's very dramatic. It needs to be 60, though. Yeah. There, there is just – there's no excuse for it anymore. Like the consoles have moved on to enough that – there's no reason that the game needs to be running at 30. I'm just like sitting here wincing because looking at Fallout Run right now, which is at like Ooh. what five Sub frames 30. sometimes. Sub I'm like, dear yeah. God. Like, I will say I'm glad that they have it locked at 30. Like, do they though? Well, well, I mean, for the most part on consoles, we've seen some bad dips. I think what's what's happening is as the world expanded, they even said in the last update that they're doing some kind of patch update to reduce load times and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like as the world expands. You get into a situation, yeah, where it's probably tougher to develop for over time. So looking at Fallout now, I'm just going like, dear God, I'm glad that at least the the quality of test is actually pretty good even on console. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a large part of people thought that it was a 30 FPS thing because initially Destiny 1 was split on console generations, right? Mm -hmm. Right. It had to be on Xbox 360 and PS3. That's no longer a thing with Destiny 2. We don't play Destiny 2 on old or – like that old of consoles. So I can't imagine how – I can't imagine how it would be a like an engineering problem to get and, the and consoles the, to run it at 60 fps. The 4K is not even true 4K. It's like upscale. Yeah, right? and I mean or even even as detailed and high like uh, technical fidelity as the image in Destiny is, like all of the art is so detailed and models are so pristine and everything is so amazing looking in that game. To get maybe it would be tough to get it to run at a constant 60, but honestly, like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You have to get, and it's weird that I'm the one saying this because on this very show I have said that I did not think <laughs> Destiny is the type of game that would benefit from 60 FPS. Oh, yeah. But I've switched over to PC and I've seen the light. Like, <laughs> where's where's Doug? And is, is yeah. Doug around? I mean, like yeah. you know, I play other games at 60 on PC, but I just didn't think this was the type of game that needed that. Mm. But the difference in input and. Uh, you, you know, responsiveness, it. yeah, it's yeah. it plays totally differently, and I think that that's an experience that console players should want and get. Mo- Steven, Call of Duty runs at sixty, right? Yeah, it's been since two thousand seven. It's run yeah. on it's run on it ran on it's sixty fps. Yeah, it's like in the first modern warfare. Yeah, like on Xbox three sixty in yeah. two thousand seven. Yeah. Well, well, Luke and Mark were actually we interviewed them. You guys, you and Fran interviewed them at the reveal event. It was one of those things where they were just like, "Hey, not enough horses under the hood to actually do that." And it, it's weird to actually see the development side of thing or would understand what's happening behind the scenes. Cause this is the first time they've developed it for PC mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know if that moving forward is going to be something for destiny three. And a lot of people talk about cross save and 30 versus 60 and all those things. So I hope they can create a unified front for destiny three. The question is, should it be 60? I mean, absolutely. It should be. Yes. Yeah. All right. I mean, and answered yeah. question answered. Colin Gibbons wants to know, can the DLC keep the hardcore busy? To elaborate on that question, I'll read it really quick. Do you think the forthcoming DLC packs, which are basically a $10 download, can keep the hardcore players satisfied after what we got in Forsaken? How can something that's pretty cheap maintain interest until another big expansion loot? That's an easy answer for me. If you have a good loot endgame 
and a good system for that loot. Don't do the Master Ives quest again. Like if it's <laughs> if it's a bunch of quests like that that are interesting. Whisper. Whisper was amazing. Yeah, Whisper was really cool. Yeah. What if it was just a bunch of Whisper quests that you had to do? And, like, it was a new one every week until the next one. I think that would be a pretty interesting gameplay mechanic to introduce. Yeah. We would I'm have still, to see how it goes. I'm still waiting for him to bring back Taken style, Taken King style quest lines. Like, remember those long quests that yeah. took, like, they were, like, 15 or 20 steps, and each one of those steps was pretty tough? Well, I mean, Broadsword and, and some of those PvP ones are pretty long. Similar, like, but they're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are for, like, PvP grinders, not yeah. PvE. give me something that's very... Uh, Similar to that in a PvE sense, and I think that'd keep me as a hardcore player yeah. really engaged until the next thing. What about you, Steven? Okay, so I have no insider information, but this is what I, I'm predicting is going to happen. Well, this is what Bungie has told you directly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got him in the DM. There it is. <laughs> oh. wink, wink, wink. I think the Black Armory is like they, – they already said it's like an armory of the best weapons of all time. I think – the weapons will be time gated, not in terms of quests, but I think like <laughs> the first week you'll have access to these two weapon quests, and then the next week you'll have access to the next two and stuff like that. I think that's how they're gonna. Yeah, that would be cool. So you are a non nine. Yeah. So less like you're saying because Dado was right. He you can't get everything right off. You can't get everything right off the, right off yeah. the bat. But it's not going to be. Hey, do this this week. Open ten engrams. <laughs> wait for two Please. months. Yeah. Uh, and Please. yeah, that that was kind of a problem, but. He Dado mentioned a really good thing. Like it would have been cool to just have you go into a lost sector and then all of a sudden magically find this thing and then that's how the news spreads. Oh man, it would be so cool if lost yeah. sectors did anything. <laughs> <laughs> just Justin Legary, update the lost sectors. Still like yeah, like they kinda thought I thought they were gonna do it, and then I'm like, oh, well, I mean, really. they, they well for the new parts in Taken King, like they're pretty good with the way you get um, Taken King. Oh, sorry, <laughs> appreciate <laughs> the correction. Uh, with well, the way you find the ascendant realms and you go in because a lot of them are usually based in in the lost sector and you go into the yeah. alternate dimension plane. That's pretty cool. I mean, to be one hundred percent honest, when yeah. they first talked about lost sectors, I was expecting like the shattered Dungeons. throne. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. For all the lost Diablo, Diablo three style dungeons. That's what I was I expecting. Lost but are be, obviously, yeah. that didn't so happen. Do you like the Shattered Throne? Though? I love like, it. Yeah, yeah. but there's no, only really one of them. Yeah, but there's only raise one your one hand if you don't like Shattered Throne. Right. You imagine if every lost sector was no like one. the Shattered Throne. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, but I also think you're asking for a lot. Oh yeah, I know. It's coming from the person who asks way too much all the time. Yeah. Here, here's an interesting one from Iceman. How can you wait? Wait, wait. Sorry, one more. More titles would be great in Black Armory because titles yes. I find highly desirable. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Like with all the different – there's another conversation there about RNG and the titles, but go first. Yeah. All right. So this one from Iceman. How can you make Xur interesting again? Ooh, so here's here, here, cool. uh, What videos. are your thoughts for making Xur interesting again? One idea, it would be cool if you sold an item that would allow you to re-roll or select a masterwork perk on that weapon you landed that had a god roll but a poor masterwork perk. I have an Perfect. idea. I have an idea. Is that Stevens? I'm no, literally no. coming. I'm literally coming up with this on the fly. Okay. What if one weekend Zer shows up and he doesn't have anything for you to buy, mm. but he has a quest, and that quest is like a 10, 15 step long thing that dives into his history, who he is, like what, who the nine are, why is he their You're agent, where he comes from, much. all this stuff. <laughs> That's like a bad. mini campaign. 
because all the stuff <laughs> a I many, find, a mini all quest the line. stuff all the stuff I find interesting about Zer is like, what is this tentacle face dude doing? Yeah. Here? Yeah. He's the only one we've ever seen. <laughs> Why does he show up and give us this stuff? Like, what's his game here? Is he yeah. playing us all? Like, he's been coming since throughout Destiny. Like, but he magically disappears anytime. Like, there's a big threat. Like, he might be helping them for all we know. Like, this could be just yeah. there's a there's a gold mine of story there that we could oh, yeah, dive into sure. that I think would be really interesting as a player so your titan walks up and he's just like it's your deal bro yeah exactly he's like i am an agent of the night and you're like agent of who man i'll come find you yeah like that would be fun there you go Bungie. we wrote the beginning of the quest (laughs) just the other 14 steps you're welcome what what was your idea steven um so ever since destiny 2 started i've been saying i hate zer (laughs) <laughs> I don't think you should be able to buy the exotics you don't have from Zer. And yeah. I, I don't know if it's an unpo- uh, unpopular opinion or not, but I love the drop rate on exotics right now. I love that they're super hard to find. Yeah. I did not like that you could get duplicates and they fixed that or yeah. they say they fixed that. Yeah. I did get two new exotics the other day, you but did. Uh, so did Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Funny story, I did the raid and got oh, two yeah. 1,000 voices oh, on the same run. Dirty. Yeah. But, uh, I wish I had that clip. <laughs> I love <laughs> how low the drop rate is. Um, if you took this drop rate and had way more exotics, I think it would be way more exciting. Like if there were 20 new exotics and you had this drop rate, I think it would be really cool. Like people complain a lot about the drop rate, but I see people when they do get the exotics, it's they exciting. freak out. Yeah, They freak out and I think that's a great thing. I do think what they're doing right now is there's actually pretty interesting because on the armor you can get random rolls. Yes. And right now he only brings uh, year one exotics with random rolls so you can upgrade him. And I do like that. I do like this person's idea. Who is it? Iceman? Yep. Uh, Masterwork perk. item would allow you to re-roll, select the Masterwork perk. And I, I like the Masterwork perk. I think he should just bring random uh, rolls um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I, I, And he should bring... Things that don't affect, or he shouldn't bring exotics for you to buy. Like, oh, he has this exotic that I need. I I don't like that mechanic yeah. at all. He he should have something in his inventory that allows you to to buy <laughs> to buy stuff out of your book instead of keeping it in your inventory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so wait, what? Pull it back as a. I'm just saying because you can't pull stuff out yeah. of your inventory yet. Oh, from what Corsair if you again. what if you earned it through a quest, for instance? Re- real quick, and there's another. Yeah. He could bring three exotic quests, mm-hmm. and you can only pick one. Yeah, that would be oh, awesome. That yeah. I would like. Yeah. Oh, one on cool. each so the, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> the whole story questing, that was crap until now I have to choose one of three. But do the same. Um, <laughs> bottom line, I don't like I how you can get no, – I don't yeah. like how you can get exotics that you don't have from Zer. I yeah. think this yeah. is a cheap way. It's not memorable. I think you grinding it for like – hours and getting that drop rate and freaking out with your friends i think that's more memorable real quick on the exotic drop rate i will say i agree with you representing the casual which i hate labeling people like that but maybe the people who don't have time to play hot take i don't think ken ornsby is a casual and that's fine i don't think he's either but i will say (laughs) that um there is some people who believe that the drop rate is is too difficult or there's just not enough because they're playing x the amount of hours of forsaken and have not got anything special and there is some merit to that well no because i mean here's the thing you put like a couple hundred hours into the game and i have two i only have two-tailed fox that's it how many more hours do I need to put into the game to get exotics? Or is there a path potentially to do something very difficult like, you know, Luna's Howl, Broadsword, and everything else, where you are guaranteed an exotic that could drop, which is basically like a quest. It's yeah, about, like, I like the idea right? of earning them over time. Yeah. I also like the idea of 
the drop rate being low enough to where it's hard to get and you feel sometimes even maybe a little stressed about it and then until you get it. But a lot of those people are bouncing and not getting any new exotics from Forsaken. And so that's a real thing where I think it is a balanced thing, but I kind of agree. I do like the way it is now currently as well. I think we have time for one more. Really? So this will be the last one. Marquise, if Bungie is serious about leaning into RPG mechanics, how should they do it? Ooh. I thought this would be a good setup for Sean. Yeah, I have many ideas <laughs> have here. A much experience. Actually, none of them. The wow RPGs. button. Yeah. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Honestly, I could talk about this probably forever. Mm-hmm. But none of the ideas are original. They're all just what other games already do. <laughs> and so, did better. Um, yeah. So, so what should they change? First thing, I think it would be really cool if uh, all of the the Titan, not Titan, sorry, the races played differently. Like mm-hmm. if they had different class ability or different uh, racial abilities, you know? So like, for instance, one of the things that makes... Exo, human. Yeah, right now there's no difference whether you're not whether you're Awoken, Exo, or human, yeah. right? I mean, no difference at all. all the like, time. it's just aesthetic. Yeah. You look... Yeah. Yeah, you might not even look I don't, different. To be honest, I have no, one, no idea what I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, whenever a cutscene co- pops up where my Titans and like helmets off, I'm like, oh, Whoa. what did I do? <laughs> exactly. What did I do here? What the that's, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks really weird. Who is weird. that? Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that would be a start, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just add some differentiation between the cla- uh, the uh, the races. Just make players make a choice about which one they want as opposed to all of them being similar. Uh, then I think more nodes and more classes and more talents just in general through all of the classes. So rather right? than locking them at the three. Yeah, so it. this is actually something that Destiny 1 did better than Destiny yeah. 2, which yeah. is like when I first saw just what the screenshot of the talent trees looked like in Destiny 2, I was like, uh-oh, that looks like... Simple. Yeah, it looks like there's these nodes where there's four abilities kind of grouped together, but you can't pick and choose those nodes. You can choose the whole node or mm-hmm. another node, right? That's simpler... And they kind of made the choice for you, and they're like, mm. well, these abilities kind of work better together than these ones do or whatever. And I would like to be able to make that choice instead. In games like WoW and Diablo, you can choose the most minuscule details about every single one of your abilities, and there's 10 times more abilities and 10 other classes. So just that adds like a whole new level of depth. I, I don't I, want to go any further because like there's so much more that can be done just with that, but generally increasing the amount of choice that players yeah. have and being able to giving them the opportunity to customize the way they play exactly to how they like to play it and making gear for that as well that just facilitates a whole new level of depth. I'm, I'm not going to elaborate too much on what you said. I just agree with with it. I don't think there's any points that I can really counterpoint. So I will just say that they need more matchmaking systems in the game that allow you to group up for raids, for strikes, for anything. I don't think they do a good job of facilitating people to play together. There were a lot of questions this week that we didn't get to about guided games and how wait times are atrocious. And the, the system does not function the, the way the way that they intended. I think they need to go back to the drawing board and come up with some systems that are a little bit better. How would you make it a better RPG? Uh, I mean, I kind of agree with you what you were saying as well. Oh, I, so you were just being facetious with your ding. With the wow. Ding. Only because, yeah, I'm waiting for it most of the time. No, it's fair. <laughs> it is one of those things where I think the more you do that, again, it, talking about PvE and PvP within the same game always makes that tricky because even with Titan Warlock and Hunter and the differences between them, if you're only able to select three characters mm-hmm. that's the challenge right you start breaking it down into multiple different things and you can only play three mm-hmm. then it's like well i'm missing parts of the game if i actually can't because you can't change your character like yeah. once you make your guy mm-hmm. you're locked in forever 
You actually that's just kind of a concern. that's kind of light bulb just light, light bulb just turned on. Leveling's meaningless in Destiny Two. Yeah, you level up power wise. Like, what if yes. that actually unlocks skills and abilities? Because all you really unlock are like nodes. You're like, oh, you can select a node now. Congratulations! It's like it's like RPG light. You don't get any stronger. Yeah, you don't get. Is, yeah. You don't really have to think about anything on that note then would you rather the, on the note oh, I see. <laughs> there you go fran channeling him uh what would you guys rather this quick question and then steven you, you probably want to say something at the end would you guys rather that leveling be completely out of a campaign and it's like campaign is separate it doesn't involve picking anything and choosing the different you know positions or the different like variations of it you just go start to finish it has nothing to do outside of the world so it's the current straight, model no, because the current model has you level up. It has you have to get weapons. It has you have to get at a certain level before you can move on to the next thing. Would you rather it just be devoid of all that? And it's like, because what you're saying is you just want it to be like Halo. I, that, Halo is not. Well, no, I'm. Yeah, you. I mean, are, I'm the one right? that made the point, not Sean. Well, you guys are both yeah. saying like it needs an <laughs> amazing campaign, right? Okay, but is that are we still talking about the RPG? Yeah, we're talking about RPG elements here. We're, we're talking about both of them. I mean, how do you <clears throat> actually build those into a game when it's like you want a campaign, you want this, and then like if the game is going to change for everybody, I just think that that's really difficult for them to do. If if, if it's going to change dramatically how the game well, plays out, maybe, I don't know what you're saying. Maybe I all I'm saying the... is that like I do think that as you you know when you start the game whether it's at level 1 or level 40 depending on if you're coming in on a brand new release or an expansion yeah the more experience you gain the more quests you complete the stronger you get the more abilities you unlock i think that should be the case mm-hmm. so the game effectively does change depending on whether or not your character a b or c well but like to destiny's credit it does do this a little bit right like yeah. when you first start off you don't have that new subclass unlocked you have mm-hmm. to earn it through a quest and then unlock the nodes as you gain experience using yeah. that talent tree right so it does that in a pretty good way and also, to speak to Destiny's credit, WoW doesn't didn't do this, but now does, which is like you hit the 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 level cap in WoW, and then as you earn better items, something called your item level goes up and up and up, which is effectively mm. your light. Mm. The higher light, the higher power you have, or whatever, the higher item level means you just have better gear and you can tackle harder things, right? So I don't think that that needs to be eliminated. What I'm saying is the amount of choices people make about their playstyle and about their gear, it's just too small for what I would call a hardcore RPG. And that's that's the point I'm also trying to make. It's like right now you level up your light level, you get that to max, and then you just grind up your power power level, and that's all you do. There's not really any story there. There's no choices you had to make. Um, there's some interesting stuff where you actually get your subclass for the first time and you get that little narrative beat. But besides that, I really feel like it's underdeveloped and not really – revisited in any sort of interesting way as you progress into the later level. Well, they did revisit it for Destiny 2, right? Like, again, Destiny 1 had this node system where there were vertical lines, and you, yeah. Can, yeah. you can unlock an ability, which mm-hmm. was the top node, and then the three bottom nodes could adjust that in whatever way you thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. That actually, I think, is the right direction. Mm-hmm. I just thought that more more nodes than not were useless. Well, mm-hmm. but they, I think that's the reason why they got rid of it. People felt that that was tedious. Yeah, but just make the nodes something that oh, ma- now all three of these seem really good. Yeah. Like instead and of And you have to choose. Yeah, instead of there was one that <laughs> there was one on the hunter class. I think it was like it gave you it was uh, it was one of the throwing knife perks that mm-hmm. was so laughable. But everyone chose it because it gave you like slightly amount more armor. I forget which one it was. Oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I know. What you're but like about. otherwise, what it gave you was yeah. total crap, and it was <laughs> yeah, a joke because exactly you're pigeonholed into that because you want the armor, yeah. not for any other reason. Just 
take out the nodes like that and replace them with something actually good that people mm-hmm. desire in PvP or in PvE and allow them to customize it however they want. Like just the level of choice and tailor and customization that is lacking on the RPG side. I don't actually think the core loops or anything about the game needs to change, really. What about you, Steven? We didn't hear from you yet. Yeah, there's so much I could say, yeah. but to make it short and simple, I think if you are really wanting to dive into the PvE and RPG mechanics, you you can't really do that without breaking PvP. Like, you can't customize. Yeah. And I think, like, if if we really do want this crazy, intense experience, you do need to separate those, not in terms of, like, make pvp just super vanilla like there could be like a pve version of your guardian and then like a pvp version of your guardian that's a bit watered down but not not like super broken tons of games do this they just normalize pvp problems yes well yes so yeah again world of warcraft Ding! <laughs> we got it. It, it splits. There it is. It's, it does split it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I think you have. To. You have your talents and your cla- your abilities that are active mm-hmm. in PVE, and then when you go into a PVP realm or into matchmaking for PVP, mm-hmm. yeah. you can activate talents that otherwise you don't have access to. That's cool. Yeah. Last, so I mean, last thing, and I mean, here's the yeah. thing. Jimbo did comment on this. This was the one that I'll say just to wrap up. The Halo series can potentially. You're not going to read that whole No, I'm not going to read the whole okay. thing. But he's basically saying <laughs> you acquire weapons in Destiny. You do not acquire weapons in Halo. And Sean, this was kind of some of your and I's debate one time in, in the background. And the issue is because it's a weapon acquiring game, and this all happens at different time. You can never be on an even playing field if PvP is about the amount of weapons that you're acquiring yep. separate to the game. I get what you guys are so saying. So that's the biggest part. And I of will what? put my flag in the ground and say that's why Destiny is special because there are coveted weapons that you want to chase and get. Absolutely. And if you take that out of the game, it is negatively going to impact the overall Destiny experience. But yeah, that is where, to me, that is the huge conversation that everything comes back to because the PvE guys don't want to have PvP weapons. I don't see these comments. I hear it from right you here. and nobody else. Jimbo so G. Jimbo G wants it, wants it broken reply. apart. Jimbo, I read the, the comments. It's right here. Jimbo G. Everybody wants it broken apart. I no, think no, not everybody. I'm just saying. You and Jimbo. No, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of people who have that concern. They don't like that PvP Medals with PVE because they feel like their weapons get nerfed to cater to that game mode. And all I'm saying is, if that's the case, and we all talk about wanting to have the skill gap minimized, it's so and- crazy to me because what weapons are you using in PVE that you use in PvP? Thunderlord right now destroys, and I think yeah, but it destroys part- in PVE as well. But yes, but the issue is they're constantly making balance changes for PvP. That's people's problem in the PVE space. Yeah, because that makes sense. Like PvP is what needs to be balanced. PvE doesn't need to be balanced. But PvE is like a power trip for Guardians. You want to mm-hmm. go in there and wreck shot. Unless yeah. your weapons are all neutered, catering to PvP. But and they're that's not the thing. all neutered. They're not. But, no, they're not all. But the PvP, constant I think, balance. is in a pretty good spot. I can't even yeah, think, the, I can't even think right of the now, last I time right. I used the same weapons in PvP that here's, I use in here, PvP. Here's yeah, what's good, getting throttled right now in PvP here, that everyone's so concerned about? Nothing. So here's like a here's mm-hmm. a here's a example that I could think of. If we could like really expand on our classes, and you're a Titan, you can spec into a Titan who's super fast and can Titan skate so fast that he could kill himself when he runs the wall. <laughs> okay. Right now, you can do that in PvP yeah. and it's broken. Mm-hmm. 
with the on mouse and keyboard, yeah, you can macro. You can macro it, yeah. and you're so fast. You can get out of any situation, get out of any fight. You can you can traverse the map in a second, and it completely it fundamentally breaks the game mm-hmm. because no one else is moving that fast. How often do you encounter that? A lot. And, and do you, you report them? No, no. You can't report them though. I yeah. mean, they're report not, them for what? Doing they're not cheating. That, yeah, Manip- like, they're manipulating get, the game. No, but BXR, not, BXR, and all yeah. those things in Halo, those are part like of the game. Like you can do it with Bungie a scroll wheel too. And I'm saying, like, if you want to like do crazy things like that in PVE, that's fine. But you can't have that convert over to PVP. Right. So Titan skating is an issue that needs to be addressed. Yes. But you still haven't answered my question about what weapons are what? impacting the PVP experience or PVE experience negatively. I mean, so even, you, if, you, even you, if you could there's come this up with fear. an example. Well, here, there's this I'll fear, come up with an and example. I'm just like, what? I'll come up with an example. Vex Smith class in D1 was very fun to use in PvE. They had to nerf it, though, because in PvP, it's just it's unfair. It melts everyone. That's yeah. D1, though. We're like, But, I mean, to his point, on to point though, lands, I'm, not, so I'm not saying that if a weapon is really, really good in PvE that it can't or shouldn't be good in PvP as well or that it should be neutered. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that I think philosophically the developers at the very beginning decided that this is a game where you earn weapons and then you use the weapon, those weapons to do whatever you want, PvE yes. or PvE. And that's yeah. made it special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Agreed. and that's made yeah. it special. Exactly. Yeah, I exactly. So I, I, don't know, I don't know if there's a solution or even what really the problem is, but mm-hmm. I have heard, like you said, a lot of people think the solution is splitting PvE and PvP and I'm, I don't know that I'm experienced or knowledgeable enough to know that that's exactly the right answer. That's I all also, I'm saying. I also yeah. think it's an extremist response to oh, yeah, for like sure. minor problem. Like yeah. what three guns have been yeah. have it impacted true. negatively? But think of D. Think of Destiny Two Year One right now. That was some of the challenge, and that lasted for a year. So I will say, mm-hmm. Bungie's been very, very good the last like few months, especially with the launch of Forsaken, to hear the feedback adapt, address things very quickly. And from that standpoint, even the roadmap and everything they're doing Sleepers, in a really good space. Sleepers too overpowered. All right, we're going to give you less ammo on Gambit. Yeah. Problem solved, weapons not nerfed. That's exactly that's yeah. a great, that's exactly a great response right now. It's like, yeah. I do think, like, do we all, are we all in agreement that, like, in PvP specifically, that the sandbox is pretty good right yeah. now? Yeah. A lot yeah. of shotguns, like, but it's pretty good. I think but, across the board, things are feeling pretty good. Yeah, they are. I think across the board, too, right? Shotguns are still powerful, but not overwhelmingly because no. now you only have two shots in your shotgun initially to start on every life. And then yeah. if you kill more people, then you can earn more. Yeah. But that's yeah. if you have a lot of shotgun ammo, that's because you earned it. That's great. And if you have a fusion rifle, also works well. Then secondly, <laughs> secondly, I don't think that there are any weapons out there that feel broken. Like a thousand voices is really, really strong. I have it, yeah. but I don't feel like I could just... It's game over. No, every for time, PvP, right? I, I think it's pretty good. Like they no Prometheus lens, <laughs> which no was Prometheus broken. Lens. That was, was broken, <laughs> but fun. Broken. Just side yeah. note, yeah, that was the most fun that time <laughs> Destiny's ever been. You know, and it was so my a point is weekend. like, so my point is like, I would, I would like to continue this current uh, uh, loop of like changes mm-hmm. when uh, it's something's really strong or maybe too strong, and they just adjust that one thing yeah. as opposed yeah. to. Splitting PvP and PvE because I don't know that that's the right solution. Yep. Yeah. All right. So we are way over on time, but thank you. I think we had some great conversations. Sorry, thank you I to everybody. Long. Longer no, no. than 28 okay. minutes. No, thank there you, everybody, go. who sent in your questions. And thank it. you guys for joining me thank on you. the show and being a part of the show. Thanks, man. Ongoing. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. So until next time, Guardians, Guardians out. out.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.